Hello everyone and welcome to Injecting Podcast where we are injecting positive vibes into all of our lives. Hi, welcome everyone. Make sure you leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and use the hashtag Injected Podcast on Twitter. Yes, please do that. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. How how's everyone doing this week? Good. Oh, goodish. I've got a cold. Um Oh, sorry. But I'm I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. Oh, I watched something really interesting. Sorry, I just remembered. Yeah. And I wanted to mention. So I just, I watched over the weekend the new GameStop um, documentary. What's GameStop? I have no idea what that is. GameStop is, um, GameStop is a shop, is a shop like, um, what's it called? Exchange. What's that place called? Exchange? What, like game, game, like them shops. Yeah, but it's not like game because GameStop is like that exchange place. What's it called? Ex- the purple one. The British one. one. No, that's game. <laughs> the red oh. one. <laughs> I don't know. CEX, CEX exchange. Yeah, I'm that sure. one. Sex. Like that. Yeah, I see everyone keeps posting sex. about that, and they're like, "Why is it? Why yes. is it spelled like sex?" <laughs> CEX, CEX exchange. That's so that's like that's like GameStop. So basically, where um, so it's an old shop where you basically go in, you Trade take in your, your second, your taking your games exchange for money or whatever or exchange for other games and stuff mm. and that people can buy games secondhand for cheaper so that that game stock that is that um yeah i used to love that, that when i was younger stock. you'd find some yeah. gems <laughs> so basically um remember when the stock market crashed because everyone made it crash I don't know. I'm not involved. <laughs> when was that? You do know because Kalechi <laughs> predicted it. <laughs> like, you know. Anyway, okay. So last year, you do know Kalechi predicted it all was about. Was it to do with crypto crashing? It, so it was to do with, um, it was to do with basically, uh, game, so GameStop, people started collectively coming together and buying GameStop, um, GameStop shares. Hmm and buying shares in the company and basically what it was that they so everyone just got involved to buy the shares in the company because they were trying to like sink hedge fund hedge funds oh. and basically that way and but and people were making loads of money basically by buying the shares in GameStop mm. and basically everybody collectively came together to to buy GameStop shares. So okay. basically what hedge funds do is that they will basically bet on a company that is losing value, that they can see mm. is going bankrupt, basically, that they can see is not going to be surviving. So like like with Toys R Us, um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So hedge funds will, um, they will do a short short stock. Yeah, they will do a sh- short sell, short sell. Sorry, I had I had the terms already. <laughs> Gosh, hold on. Short is it short sell or short yes, short selling. So um basically um hedge funds would do would do a short sell where basically they will sell stock um and then like they will also kind of lend out different stocks and stuff like that. That's kind of how it works. The documentary explains it so much better than how I'm explaining it. And mm. um and like basically so when the hedge funds do that, they will just make loads and loads of money just basically betting on the, on the decline of a company, basically. Yeah. So they'll go after companies that they know is going to be going out of business. So GameStop was one of the companies that was 
definitely going to be going out of business because no one is, everyone is buying games online now. No one is mm. physically going and buying games. So they knew that was going to happen. And basically, so, um, and hedge funds would make like billions of money from from this, doing from from this. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> um, there was like on Reddit, there was like a whole group and whatever, and they're always talking about GameStop. And basically everyone collectively came together and started buying shares in GameStop. Mm-hmm. And basically, which made it rise lows, which meant the hedge funds were going to be like, far in debt mm. because and losing money because all of a sudden the game stock price is going up because people are putting all their are all coming collectively together to push it up yeah and then when you got like certain celebrities involved and obviously when Elon Musk got involved oh, by just a tweet so Elon Musk just tweeted game stonk and everybody went it shot up Bar the stocks basically, so it was always going up and up and up and up and up. People are making loads of money, um, and this is going happening during lockdown. So this was one of the the things that was happening during lockdown, basically. Mm. So it was going up and up and up, but then basically there was a certain app that most people were using called Robinhood, and I heard basically, about that. yeah, and basically um, they just took their buy button off the app. So mm. no one could buy in the stock. So if no one's buying the stock, the stock is just going to go down. Um, oh so my God. that meant that's yeah, so they bad. just took it off. Yeah. So there was this lawsuit <laughs> and everything. It was such a good documentary, guys. I can't really explain it very well. Just watch it. It was actually a really interesting and fun watch. Um, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, yeah definitely, I, I recommend. Oh my God, and I learned a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really know much about all that stuff. And I've tried, but I just... You know when your brain just goes mush when people start explaining things? Like, there's a few things Mm. that... Like, it's when people start talking about financial things, when people start trying to explain card games and board games to me, my brain doesn't (laughs) take in the information. Like, there's certain topics. Or when people try and explain, like, the rules of, like, cricket to me, my my brain just just rejects all of that stuff. So maybe if I watch a documentary, it might might help to actually, you know, inform me about what's going on. But I don't know if I'll watch it. I don't know if that's my my lane. It was really interesting, definitely. Mm. I'd definitely say to watch it. Like, it was as in so many twists and turns and you're just like oh my gosh these people what's gonna happen with their money and are they okay and all this stuff so many twists and turns some people actually got quite a lot of money out of it still and Mm. were okay um some people lost a lot of money (laughs) um but yeah but it's really interesting because it's interesting just think just like seeing about like the reddit community that is that is behind where they're always talking about stuff and because apparently on that community like people would just they'll they brag about their wins but they also brag about their losses like they'll just be like Mm. oh yeah i lost this much and they'll just they'll just be so open about everything and i just think it's it was really interesting yeah it's like listening to it um yeah because i know because i remember when it when i heard about it and i was like what is going on i don't understand but like everyone was basically buying stocks in in gamestop and then there's like a kind of a bit of conspiracy where, well, why did they just take the buy button off? Because they basically, by take getting rid of the buy button, mm. they controlled the fact that no one could actually carry on, keep it going up. It's just going to go down. Yeah, like people just love to manipulate 
the poor people yeah. that are trying to make a bit of money. <laughs> yeah, and as well, and that's the thing. Like, and I think that's why it was such an interesting documentary because it was basically about like like the underdog. You kind of rooting for yeah. the underdog, basically. Yeah. Um, oh, that's but yeah. Cute. So it was very interesting. Um, what have I watched recently? So I, I definitely I recommend. Know. I definitely recommend because I would put it on the same kind of level as like watching Coded Bias. Like, really? That's, yeah, mm. that was the interesting of it <laughs> wait what where can you find it it's on Netflix oh, it's on Netflix. oh okay I yeah. haven't seen it pop up yeah so that that was the new Netflix documentary that mm. I'm recommending to you guys <laughs> mm. I watched um the new four movie the other day well, the one that came oh, out you? this year at the weekend and he is just so sexy but I'm sorry <laughs> he's my favorite out of all the Avengers because he's just oh, I love him I think honestly I know you don't like these movies but if you watch the Thor ones you could get into it because that one it reminded me very much of like Harry Potter <laughs> people will probably kill me it for saying that reminded you of Harry Potter <laughs> yeah but I think they were inspired like oh, certain bits now, now I'm interested <laughs> yeah like certain bits like the the evil character looked like Voldemort a little bit long nails um Long nails. That's what yeah. made him look like Voldemort. Yeah, that's why it reminded me of Harry Potter. <laughs> no, but the, it, it was really good. It's really cute. And it's it's very mystical. Um, Thor, like, it's really good. Um, and yeah, Natalie Portman was in it. And I love Natalie, Natalie Portman. I think she's a really good actress. Um, but yeah, I really like that. But I haven't really been watching much. What have I been watching? Married at First Sight. That's consuming yeah. my life. <laughs> As oh. yeah, same. I thought there was going to be another episode, but I didn't see it. Yeah, so you must have been no, watching no, an episode that I've already watched. Yeah, I was catching up today with um all of them. So the next one that's coming mm. out is the one that I was talking to you about today. Um, that I haven't oh. seen, but it was just the trailer. Oh, that's gonna come. That's gonna come. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the trailer? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I can't remember the trailer. Because uh, like yeah. Okay then, so I'm not I'm not behind then because mm-hmm. I went to look and I was like, oh, the episode isn't there. I've watched this one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's all I've been watching. But I, yeah, I just wanted to <laughs> talk about that documentary because I really enjoyed mm. watching it. I thought it was good. Yeah. One. I might watch it. Is it a long one? Is it like an hour or? No. So hours? it does. It's it's in episodes. It's epi- I hate. Um, sorry, but, I hate when but, they do this. They break them up. I know, but it's not actually not like boring though. Mm. So that's what I thought was good because I thought, oh, is this going to be boring in the episodes? But it's like it's only three. It's three episodes. Oh, three. And it's actually not boring. It doesn't like drag out. You know, like because I went to put on one of those crime, those crime oh, ones on again. They and, drag and, those oh, out. They drag them out. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like. I don't know. Ugh, I don't care. Like the past, the past few I've tried to put on, I'm like, I don't care. You guys aren't selling this to me and you guys are taking your time to get to the point or you're saying something and it's like, I don't know what's going on. And yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like the other day yeah. I was going to start watching the um, documentary about the Thai football team that went missing, you know, the boys that got stuck oh, yeah. in a cave or something. There's a documentary on Netflix and it was like, there's there's quite a few parts to it, and I just thought oh, I may I think it was maybe a um, 
what do you call it? Like a remake, like a dramatized remake of it, of what uh, actually happened. But like, it was like six episodes or something. I thought, Jesus Christ. Like, it doesn't, did doesn't we, need to be six how? episodes. Yeah. How have you dragged it out so much? Like it was an incident, but maybe three episodes max, but how have you dragged it out? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, that's annoying. Cause the, but the game, the GameStop one was actually, I feel like it made sense in the three episodes mm. and it was actually, I binged it. I just watched all the episodes in one go. Yeah. And it was interesting me watching it, and like I was laughing at things, like the things that I'll put it on like the similar lev- level to kind of like the Fire Festival documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that just was all these twists and turns, and it's just yeah. like what's going on, and it's like what, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's kind of kind of funny as well. So um, mm. yeah, I thought it was yeah. Good. I just remembered as well. I started the Jeffrey Dahmer one, but I just can't, I don't think I can carry on. It's it's a bit gross. I was waiting and to watch it with someone, but <laughs> I started <laughs> watching it with it someone and haven't been able to continue. But I don't think I will continue. <laughs> like it's too scary. It's too gruesome. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, it's just it, it, there's apparently, no like good good vibes from it at all. <laughs> yeah, I heard apparently like the like the family's victims and stuff haven't even accepted for it to be made. Yeah, I, I'm actually so well. I'm not that shocked because apparently I was talking to my sister about the director or producer, like the guy that yeah produced it. He's the same guy that produced like a lot of strange shows like Glee and um, American Horror Story and the, like some mm. other things that there's been a lot of controversy around as well. So yeah. I, I just don't think the director it cares looks- so much. It looks like it's very American Horror Story because it's the same mm. actor as well. Yeah, like, he's Evan got in Peters there, is it? in yeah, um, like all of the American Horror Stories. Yeah, and it looks like the vibe of it from the small part of the trailer that I've watched because I was too scared mm. to watch the whole of the trailer. Um, <laughs> it was giving me American Horror Story vibes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and have you seen that there's people online saying that they're kind of bragging about the fact that that it, it didn't scare them and, you know, they, they yeah. ate their dinner while watching it and they didn't feel any type of way. And, like, I've been seeing people say, yeah, you guys are the type of people that used to enjoy the public lynchings. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's no way that you can, you can be sitting there, like, and you feel no type of emotions. You don't feel squeamish at all. Like, I find yeah, that and wild. Isn't, and isn't even in this, like, most of his victims are all black? Yeah, like all of them so, so far. So doesn't that show something? Black and Asian and oh, one white guy. Literally. Yeah, but like that that just that just says everything because just like how people can video and just post around black people being killed all mm. the time. Like it just shows no one, everyone is desensitized, especially and especially desensitized to the murder of um of black, brown and people of color. Like just in, ge- mm. in general, like yeah. it just you know, this society is is desensitized to that. But like, but but you don't really see many dramatized versions. Well, actually, because the Ted Bundy stuff, don't want to dramatize mm. that in it. But yeah. um, I was going to say, you don't really see many dramatized versions of like when white people or other targets are being, being killed, but then they do want to dramatize Ted Bundy. So have they not done that yeah. already with Zac Efron? Yeah, that's what the one. It hasn't come out. Though, oh, it, it hasn't come out. I don't know. I, no. I didn't know that. But yeah, I, they want to do yeah the Ted Bundy stuff with Zac Efron. You know Zac Efron. Did you see all that stuff um, about his surgery? Yeah, you showed it to me actually. Yes, yeah, so like he he. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, his surgery is botched." Apparently, he like broke his jaw, and that's why he looks like that. Like he hasn't. I think to fix it. 
they had to fix it in uh, a certain way. Like he did an interview and he was like, everyone was saying I had surgery, but I almost died in some sort of accident um, oh, or wow. stunt or something that he did. And he was like, this is just my face now. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't look that different. Or that I bad. think he's still, I think he's still beautiful. I love Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> you would like Zac Efron. Troy Bolton. Our fave. Yeah. Wildcats forever. <laughs> to be honest, I, I did like um Chad. Chad was my fave. Yeah, Chad is Chad is my husband. Yeah, and him and Jump In. Yeah. Like, I loved Co- him Corbin and Jump Blue. In. Yeah. Corbin Blue, like, is my oh husband. Oh my god. <laughs> I had childhood. the Corbin Blue album and I just fucking loved it. So Wait, did me- I did you? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god! Me and my friend made a dance Wait. to his song "Homework." Do you remember that Literally, one? Literally, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember the songs um, now. But one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, I, <laughs> it's so I good. can't remember. I can't remember. I have to listen to the album. But I okay. remember actually, me and my friend used to have dances because we used to listen to it in the after school club, and we yeah. used to put it on and we'd listen to. It. We'd bring in our album, so we'd bring in the Vanessa Hudgens oh. album, and I brought in oh. the Corbin Blue album, and then we would like. <laughs> They were so oh, good. Gosh. Like Vanessa Hudgens, uh, Baby Come Back to Me, Say Okay. I used to just I sit on karaoke singing all like of them. That. Oh my gosh. Can you not? Oh my God. I, I literally... can't. Because it was like, this is when I was in year six. So as soon as I went to secondary school, I pretended like I didn't look at any of that <laughs> shit, innit? <laughs> I didn't. I was the worst. I jumped into secondary school and was then a One Direction fan. <laughs> Until I was about 16. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Anyway, Mm. wait, what were we talking about? We were talking about something. Um, Oh yeah, Ted Bundy and dramatising this thing. Yeah, I do want to try and watch that Dharma stuff, but um, I'm waiting to watch it with someone. If I'm... Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I'll ever watch it. (laughs) Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see um yeah hopefully hopefully I don't know <laughs> we'll see what happens <laughs> um but yeah anyway <clears throat> uh news um yeah so um I don't think we're going to talk about much news, but there's this one Labour MP. Her name's Rupa Hack. Um, she's, yeah, a Labour MP, and she was recorded secretly saying some nasty things about our Chancellor, um, Kwasi Kwarteng. Is that how you say his name? Kwasi, sorry. Um, yeah, Kwasi um, Yeah, I can't see his name written anyway right now for me to... Okay. <laughs> Just repeating. Um yeah. But yes, she essentially um, has had to apologise because she described him as superficially black. Uh, (laughs) And she said, if you hear him on the Today programme, you wouldn't know he's black. For fuck's sake. And what's the problem with that? I know. Oh my gosh, anyway, carry on. (laughs) It's not not often that I'm going to be backing people like him, but it's like, maybe... 
you but could his come blackness for s- has nothing to do with it though yeah like you could come for so many things so many mistakes that him and his mates are making but the one thing yeah. you want to come for is his blackness and how he's not like an authentic black person says the Asian that woman you know like of. that isn't that isn't part of the black community <laughs> it's like excuse me <laughs> what does oh, this mean um but yeah, uh, there's not really much to say other than um, she's apologised. I'm sure she was suspended. Let me find this somewhere because I'm I sure... I think she I was su- suspended. Yeah, I think she I was think suspended. I like, think they were like, they kicked her out. They were like, no, you could like... We, and because Keir Starmer mm. was like, we don't, we don't have... We don't want racists in, our, in the Labour Party and whatever. Mm. And we were like, hmm. well, go on, suspend the ones who were, who were there cornering Diana Abbott in the toilet. Yeah. They're still all there. Um, exactly. Oh yeah, she has. I think she's been suspended. But yeah, yeah. It's just like sometimes, like. But don't you think it's just so mad with the Labour Party? Like, there's so many ops there because yeah. for like her to be getting recorded, like she's in a space where she thinks <laughs> she was okay to Safe be saying space. to be saying someone <laughs> is a superficially <laughs> black person. Is superficially black, whatever the hell that's meant to mean, and um, she got recorded and out like just the way just both of these governments because the way Dominic Cummins was there was coming with all the tea on the yeah. conservatives, you know, and Boris Johnson because he like literally had a personal vendetta. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. just crazy. Like what what <laughs> the state of politics yeah, the- our country is in right now. Yeah, like who was sitting there recording it? The little snake. Literally, like, I mean, <laughs> whatever, but still, like, yeah, obviously, we don't want racists and whatever, but oh, gosh. Yeah, do you but think I her just, comment was racist? I, I feel like it was. It is racist, because, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, if you're coming be. from a different place and you're, look, it's like when I said about how growing up in school, I had white people telling me I'm, I'm an Oreo. I'm sorry, like, don't be telling me I'm an Oreo. What do you know? And yeah. what what do you know? Just because just because to you, I'm not speaking black or I'm not putting on a Jamaican accent every two seconds <laughs> like this white boy does all the time. That means I'm an Oreo. Like, <laughs> Honestly, like he's number definitely... one, I'm not Jamaican. <laughs> I'm not even Jamaican. But when I kiss my teeth, you guys are telling me that I think I'm black. What, uh, like there's no there's no winning <laughs> yeah it's true I think yeah it seems like she was probably trying to say like he doesn't represent um, the majority the of black, black community. people in this country and their opinions but by saying his he if you heard him on like today program you wouldn't know he's black like he's superficially black man it's like you're you'll also be like I feel like what you're You're saying there is you expect that black people should all act a certain way and they're not like multidimensional or like they don't have different points of view. Like all black people are a specific kind of way. And when you're moving outside of those boxes, you're not black anymore. And she probably thinks that about Asian people as well. She probably says the same about Pretty Patel, but it's like... Well, the thing is though, she probably doesn't because wouldn't she be, wouldn't she fit in that box? If, you know, of like, could she not fit in that same box of she expects Asian people to be a certain way? Because, you know, you don't you don't see many people of colour in general in any of these top levels of parliament at all. 
Mm. Because like from what she's saying, she's saying this guy is so-called superficially black because he's well-spoken. He's in a good job. He has money and he went to private schools. That's what she's Mm. saying. Because that that is because she mentioned about him going to private schools and stuff like that and how he went to Eton or whatever. So that means he's not black, apparently. Mm. And it's just like, but then if we want to go and if we want to use stereotypes of every culture, Mm. like would she would she fit into all the stereotypes of her culture? Probably not. Yeah, it's true. And especially if you've managed to get to a place where you are quite high up as an MP Mm. as well. Like would and and that's the thing, like, and this is what the problem is with this type of racism where you want to assume something of a whole culture and put it on everyone, and then you want to feel or or you feel like you're reiterating what the black community has said. Like I'm sorry, like the black community, yeah, they've been saying their things about about quasi. They they've been saying their things, but then yeah. the thing is, is that like you tried to repeat those things and you didn't have a basis and you didn't know what you're talking about. And yeah, then now yeah. it's racist because you decided to use a, t- a stereotype. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as well as that, it's like, and <laughs> um, this might be away from like the point, but you as a wealthy woman of colour or just a wealthy person in this society in general, as an MP, you're happy to take the pay rises but surely mm-hmm. that doesn't align with what your community would like. They'd probably want you to distribute that to poor Asian people across the country. Mm-hmm. But there you go. that's not what you're doing. Because um, MPs, you don't really need all these pay rises while nurses and stuff aren't getting the pay rises. Um, but, you know, maybe you're working but- hard and we're just not seeing anything. <laughs> maybe. But like as well, I think just like my last point on this, what's crazy is that, there were a lot of things she could have criticised about Quasi. Definitely. And she, but she decided to call him a superficially black man because he went to private schools. Like there were lots mm. of things that happened in the past week that she could have been criticising. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Without coming to his blackness because a lot of the things he's been doing has nothing to do with his blackness. Um, but you, she didn't need to point out that it had nothing to do with his back blackness by calling him yeah. superficially black. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. And as well, just because like you get rich black people and you get rich black people who are conservative, like that doesn't mean that you're not black, that they're not black. Like they're they're just still black, just with different opinions to most black people. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. You know, they're just like selfish, like a lot of conservatives. That's just it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And people just, shouldn't have to stick to one box. Like, I do find it wild that there are black conservatives that are like riding for the Tories all the time. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, where are you benefiting from this? But with him, Maybe it makes they get sense. top positions. Yeah, well, probably. <laughs> it's like, oh, token. Oh, um, diversity, but tick. <laughs> love that. But like for him, he puts his class before his race. He wants there you go. He wants the benefits that the Tories provide people like him mm-hmm. or that are in his um the same class bracket as him. So like it it I just feel like, yeah, saying these things is like, oh, let's restrict all black people to this box and you've got to stay in this box. And as soon as you move outside that box, you're not actually black anymore. It's it's yeah, it's definitely racist and sorry, love. Maybe find another job. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh gosh. I, I just hey. realised I forgot to say yeah. um, Happy Black History Month. Oh yeah, Black History Month. Oh, I thought we were going to get onto that next anyway. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's okay. We can say it now. But anyway, while we're on the topic of superficial, superficial blackness, uh, mm. Happy Black History Month, everyone. <laughs> Woohoo! Are you doing well, anything hey. to celebrate? Uh, well, I'm going on the history walks with you at the end of the yeah. month. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, and then also I've actually booked on to like, um, oh yeah, guys, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, um, share this with you guys. So BYP network, which is the black young people network. Yeah. They have a few events <laughs> on, so they've got a, a leadership event on this year. Um, and like their events are actually really good because I've I've done I've I've done a few for the past couple of years. So they've got a leadership conference, Knowledge is Power, and that's on the sixth and the seventh of October. So um, you can get free tickets for online. Um, you can also you can also join um, go in person as well. Um, they have the they have the opportunity to do that. Um, so I'm joining on that conference just to just to. Um, check in on the different things that they've got going on or what what talks they've mm. got happening. And then also I've signed up to Black Tech Fest, um, mm. which just to see what like they've got going on. And I'm going to go in person to that one. So they've got free tickets in person and free tickets online um, for like just to like do it in, um, do it remotely as well. Um, mm. So yeah, guys, check it out, sign up, um, have a go. So those are the things that I'm doing. And then the walks at the end of the month with you. Yeah, that would be so but, good. Yeah. I've been meaning to do that for so long. Um, what am I doing? I'm next. Oh, this week, actually, I'm going to an event for black women across my organization, which will be good Ooh, just to talk about good. things. Yeah, I don't really know what I think it's just supposed to be like a safe space for people not to talk about just issues, but a range mm-hmm. of things. Um, and then I'm going to um, another kind of like learning session through work about black Romans and like black people okay. in the UK, which like across like centuries and centuries ago, which will be really interesting. Mm-hmm. That um, sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah. But That's it's nice good. that there's these like positive events on and it's not just like, oh, yeah, and slavery. It's not- Oh, yeah, I like that ends. now with Black History Month that a lot of people and a lot of events, they try not to focus on just like black history, like as in mm. that this is the time when you learn about historically what happened, segregation, slavery, yeah. all of that. Like, I like how they are doing a lot of events that are like... Um, history in the making we are mm. making history right now and a lot of kind of like let's um empower let's um actually get people talking and actually get people actually it's not because at the end of the day black history isn't just secluded to one month <laughs> like yeah, black definitely. history is every day so um and i like how they instead of using black history month just to be teaching about black history it's mm. instead empowering young people and also actually let's just let's just show everyone so, showcase black black people and black mm. british people which um i think is i think is great and i like as well how um because British um, Black History Month is in October, we also get um, we also get to celebrate Black History Month in February as well when it's the US one because yeah, we can also we go do. to those events, which I find I like I quite like that and just yeah. like learning about more stuff in February as well. So yeah, I find yeah. that quite enjoyable. 
It is crazy, isn't there, that there's literally infinite learning that we could do about black history because there's so many books and there's so many, like, documentaries and so many, like, seminars and stuff. It's just like, wow, Mm -hmm. there is so much that I don't know and I need to know more. Like, I'm interested to know more. And it's Um, just, like, it's just such a good opportunity to even to find the resources to learn more. Yeah, literally, because it's literally handed to you free a lot of the time. Um, but I'm going to try and see Nope in the cinema this month as well, finally. And I'm going to oh, yeah. go and see um, The Woman King as well with Viola Davis. Oh, yeah, Davis. I want to see that. Yeah. And have you seen that there's a new movie coming out? Um, it's like an Emmett Till movie about about him. Mm-hmm, I don't know. No. That's going to be a sad one. But that I saw an yeah. advert today for that. Um and I don't know when it comes out, but they've filmed it and stuff. It's like the first advert's been released. Um, but yeah. It'll probably come out in February then. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, no. But anyway, um, yeah. Quick one back to the news. Oh yeah, the government mm. have done a U-turn <laughs> on their <laughs> mini budget policies. So <laughs> here's Quasi back again. Um, well, so basically... Long story short, Liz Truss brought, um, well, no, Quasi as chancellor came and brought out his proposal of a mini budget. It's not an official budget, it's a mini budget where basically they're planning on taxing the rich less because apparently that will give them more money in their pockets so then they can be spending. So they're saying, Mm. let's give the top 1% more money because apparently they'll put money back in the economy, which um, all statistics says is not true because <laughs> the top 1% aren't, aren't, aren't really the spenders. It's more of um, They're the, investors. the lower percentiles, the working class who yeah. are spending more money. So they're saying, yeah, we'll tax the, tax the poor more and tax the rich less. They're, they're calling it a reverse Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is crazy, which is hilarious. Um, anyway, but, and Liz Truss has been looked at like an idiot. Mortgages are just going all up and down everywhere. So mm. they, um, uh, a woman was on question time and she was talking about how she's a first time buyer. She was about to get her mortgage. And then, um, so she was approved for a mortgage at like four point something percent. And then, um, then all the lenders backed out and said, okay, and then reproposed the mortgages for her and that came back at 10%, 10% plus, Mm. um, which obviously, as you can tell, is probably a considerable rise. But everybody in the Question Time audience, like everybody gasped, even the people on the panel were gasping and were like, hold on, was that just because from the changes that just happened? And she was like, well, there's no other explanation for it. Um, Also, the pound crashed as a result of these (laughs) announcements as well. So... Liz Truss, her very short time being in office, um, she's seen um, Queen Lizzie die and also um, crash to the pound. (laughs) Yeah, what's next? I'm I'm terrified. But anyway, they're doing a U-turn on this proposal because Mm. (laughs) it hasn't been accepted very well. A lot of people, even in the Tory party, are really opposed against these proposals. They're really Mm. not happy with it. Um, And I think a lot of people are like, 
saying that they're going that they will vote no confidence in her in her own party um, because of these changes. Okay. So she's done. They've done a little U turn on that, which is fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's because they they make these decisions without consulting even their good mates. Now they it was literally like I watched an interview um, with Liz Truss talking about this whole crisis and then mm. she basically said something like oh yeah the chancellor just went, went ahead with it it was the chancellor's idea it's Such like you're not the leader like, like you're you not are full of shit like just throwing her, her colleagues under this the is bus the thing, though. <laughs> and like what we said as well about like with the tory party how all of a sudden they've got all these black and brown people in in yeah. in these top positions in head office because they quickly want to throw the blame onto the black people onto the onto the asian people they like because i'm sorry how is everything someone else to blame and it's always a black person who's getting dragged through yeah. the mud and you know the time. what as well pretty patel wasn't she is an awful human being but she mm-hmm. got a hell of a lot more stick than what some of the white men in the cabinet got who supported her I mean. and backed her and were more senior than her. So Who were uh, doing up affairs, doing up testing oh eyesight, doing <laughs> doing Wine up party cheese party. Nights. Yeah, and <laughs> like you never you never saw the black and Asians invited to those parties, did you? Mm. Mm. I think Rishi got a little fine though. Because he was he was at one of the parties for a little while. Okay, yeah, but and again, dipped. he's a man, isn't it? They're just about yeah. to let him in. <laughs> And he's a millionaire. So that's why he got let in. Billionaire. Billionaire, sorry. Billionaire. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're mad. They are absolutely mad. Um, um, actually, I'm going to... Can I talk about someone else who's mad? Like you guys... Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, we promise. But like this guy is starting to become like Piers Morgan to us or something. I don't know. Like it's like mm. every... Every other month, we're mentioning this guy's name, but Stephen oh. Bartlett. <laughs> mm. uh, okay, he had some hot takes on Gen Z, and it's just like, like this guy is just like, I don't know why he just wants us to struggle. He's meant like his podcast is called Diary of a CEO. So why is it that he wants us doing up struggle, struggle? when he's meant to be helping us all become CEOs. I'm confused. No, as soon as he brought Matt Hancock on, I knew that he was not serious about CEOs. And then he, did he not bring Liam Payne on there once? Like he's had the most random guests. (laughs) I think he did have Liam Payne. And Liam Payne is talking the most rubbish at the moment. And like, I'm sorry, just as someone who else is from Wolverhampton, Liam Payne, (laughs) Liam Payne is one of the most Wolverhampton people I've ever seen in my life. He is so wolves. He is just, except for the fact that like he just him. that he don't stay in wolves, but he's so wolves. <laughs> like he's just so like, like he thinks he's making sense, but everything that's coming out of his mouth don't make no sense. Like just he's so hilarious. wolves. <laughs> like, it was, it was when Will cries, I cry. When Jada cries, I cry. Or whatever he was saying, I was like, what? I grew up like, with Jaden. What? <laughs> do, like, do you even? <laughs> I'm sorry. And when, and when he was saying that he was better than Justin Bieber. Yeah. Like, oh my are God. Are you okay? Like, what are you smoking? 
And then also, he said um, that Simon Cowell picked him first to be in One Direction in the group, like, and yeah. the rest were built around him. But then recently, a clip came out of like behind the scenes that no one has ever seen footage of One Direction being put together, and Liam was the last one added to the. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what he's smoking. I don't know what that guy is smoking. Uh, I don't know what he's on. Right. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm going to play this clip from our mate Stephen here. Mm. Hold on. I have a fear, and I've never expressed this openly, so this is the first time, so don't all come for me at once. Don't I have a fear that Gen Z are the least resilient generation that I've ever seen. And this is, sounds so stupid and not evidence-based, but if you look at what TikTok is telling this generation work <laughs> is, and there was a video that went viral on Twitter the other day, out in Silicon Valley where it shows like a Facebook employee one of the big tech companies she arrives at work in the morning she takes a photo of her latte oh there's free muffins she goes over and has the free muffin it shows her in her TikTok literally doing like 30 seconds of work then she's out doing some like pottery making class that work have put on she comes back to the desk does another 30 seconds of work then she's off to her work social and I reflect on the storms that my father went through at work and I kn- I just know so deeply inside of me that there's no way some of these younger Gen Z people could weather such a storm without quitting, doing a long LinkedIn post uh, to criticise their employer then quitting. I just fear that when, when I'm hiring people that are in that generation, I almost need to, to go to an extra length just to check that they can cope with a high-intensity culture where demands might come on a Saturday because the uh-huh. world doesn't stop on Saturdays and Sundays. I'm sorry, my world's for work. It stops on Saturdays and Sundays, mate. Mm. Like, <laughs> I'm it sorry, stops this guy. Friday, 5pm. <laughs> Like, even when... He, okay, listening to this again, and he's describing what he saw in her post. What, does he want to watch a eight-hour-long video of her working? Like, what does he want to see? Yeah. Like, the, like people only are only going to watch for 30 seconds. Do you want her to be filming her whole workday? She's meant to be doing work. She went and did some work, you know? Then then the, her work had put on a pottery class. So she went and did the... She went and enjoyed on the, on the free... Um, excursion mm. that they had for people to relieve stress. So he's now and also criticizing work and benefits. Yeah, like sorry if I I want to eat a muffin in my day. Like is that literally? A crime? They I brought actually, free muffins. I will enjoy my free muffin. Thank you. Yeah, I actually like my opinion on this is that he's just chatting shit. I honestly think yeah. he's doing it for clickbait because he knows Gen Z are the ones that use the apps that he's always posting his shit on. He wants to trigger Legit. people so that he gets more views. That's what his page is about. But yeah, and wasn't everyone doing up long LinkedIn posts about this clip? So like, what is he chatting about? <laughs> he, to be fair, he is the one that does long LinkedIn posts. All I see on my LinkedIn is his fucking face everywhere. And I don't even follow him. Everyone just keeps resharing him all the time. Oh, but gosh. My, my issue is that it's so ludicrous to make a whole hypothesis, uh, hypothesis and a whole statement about one small TikTok that you've seen and make a whole generalization that, oh, Gen Z, they're not resilient because I watched this little TikTok for 30 seconds about a girl's day in the life. It's like, are you okay? Like, do you, what's going on in your brain for you to make that reach? Like, what, yeah. where has that come from? Where has, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where has it come from? And why is it that now you're, you're comparing to your father and your grandfather? Like, I'm sorry, like, you're saying, oh, the, the stresses that my father had to go through, are you going through those same stresses, Stephen? Stephen, have you been doing the same back, break, back breaking work that your father was mm. doing, Stephen? 
Is that what you've been doing? Because because you're just like, oh, I'm I'm worried about hiring Gen Z that they won't be able to do and they won't be resilient and won't want to put in hard work. Look, hard work isn't always breaking your back. And mm. hard work isn't always working on weekends. Bitch, I doubt you are working on weekends. Are you working on weekends? Yeah. And everyone says work <sighs> smart, not hard. Like I'm not I'm not Legit. grinding until I'm in my deathbed. Like I'm I'm, I'm sorry. working smart. Gen Z Gen Z know what they're doing, yeah. And I'm taking all those tips. And like, to be honest as well, what I want to know, is it even Gen Z? Is it not millennials? Because Gen Z are only just are only just going into the workforce now. Do you know what I mean? Because all mm, of the tips yeah. I'm getting about like like say you're you're the oldest Gen Z, aren't you? Yeah, I'm the oldest, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, but most of the tips I'm getting are from people who are a bit older than me. So isn't aren't these yeah. tips like really millennial tips? Like everyone's just being like soft life. Let's not, but that's spreading down to True. Gen Z. Yeah, because yeah, I think like and Gen Z are trying to live soft life, but they don't have jobs yet. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're being more picky and they're more particular about what they want. And I think yeah. that's a good thing. And they don't want to be exploited. People are realizing that like capitalism isn't working for everyone. So exactly. We we're need making to make money it work for, for millionaires. So maybe we yeah, we we try different things. We don't all want to be maybe we don't be loyal to companies. Maybe we need to be loyal to ourselves and make and run yeah. where the money is. Like Yeah, just, it's true. I uh, he just winds me up like these stupid clips <laughs> that I keep seeing of him everywhere. Like, <laughs> oh, go and do some CEO stuff. And the thing is as well Literally. that I find is that don't CEOs spend most of their time meeting with their mates, having coffee with their mates, mm. going out for drinks with their mates, Doing going soft playing life. golf with their mates. Yeah, ne- like networking. Why are you lot quote unquote networking? <laughs> literally, like with all these drinks, like why why are you lot allowed to have this life and you know enjoy work? And everyone at the bottom has got to just be grinding until what was it? What what was his analogy there about um his father? Something about. I don't know. Um, T- I don't something know. about Maybe ships or... I'm going to see. I'm going to look. I have a fear that Gen Z... I'm not going to listen to him again. It was something about boats or something. Some sort of weird analogy. And it's like... Um, parents are supposed to... So there's something cre- about weathering the storms. <laughs> yeah, weathering the storms. It's like parents are actually supposed to be working so that their children do have a softer life than them and they Legit. have less struggle and less stress. So, like, why is he wishing that everyone has the same struggle as his granddad and exactly. his dad? Like, does he have does he have the same str- struggle as his father? Does he have the strength, same struggle? Please, that, that is what I want to know. I mean, I'm going to say, is, is Stephen Bartlett's father black? Because I'm going to say... From now, I don't think he is. I think his his mom's black. From what I think his mom is black. Okay, then you know what? Maybe he has more struggles than his father did. Then Mm. (laughs) this is the this is the thing. Because I I, yeah, like what storms is your father weathering, Stephen? Yeah, yeah. Let me just check. I don't know because he's giving me black dad vibes. You know. Yeah, defo. 100% 100% he but I'm sure he's got a black vibes. mom yeah <laughs> that's such he's an not... insult to me <laughs> <laughs> sorry mate like yeah, but, it's like, but then it's like we see but we see the same thing all the time yeah 100% <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know I have no idea oh wait wait yeah, yeah his mum's Nigerian and his dad's British okay 
Mm. Hmm. But then that's like, but then that's why he thinks Gen Z are so lazy, isn't it? As well. Like, he does give me yeah. black dad vibes, but um, anyway, his mom, his mum is black, so. <laughs> yeah. It just gets but. on my nerves, all this. And this is what really winds me up about people that want to talk about resilience all the time and like, oh, mm. this, these people aren't resilient enough, blah, blah, blah. It's like, resilience is kind of subjective. Like, everyone, people try their best. Yeah. And who are you to say that you're not trying your best? Like, exactly. some people, it really winds me up when people try and teach others how to be more resilient because a lot of t- the time, the measurements are the closer you conform to like capitalism and mm-hmm. the more money that you're making for people, the more the more that you're literally grinding and not having breaks yeah. means and like, that you're and more and resilient. the longer you stick out jobs as well, the longer yeah. you stick out a company... And it's like, how much do you get from that? Like, what do you You get get anything from that? You're just, yeah, literally, you're just making money for other people. You don't even get money that way. (laughs) Yeah, you don't. Like, just, I don't know. Like, I just, yeah, I just don't get him. I don't get it. And I just don't see how his podcast, like, with these hot takes all the time, like I don't get me wrong I have not listened to an episode of his podcast I've not listened to an episode I've just listened to these hot takes but I just don't see how his podcast is actually gearing anyone up to become CEOs I don't see how <laughs> is he even a CEO like I just yeah. don't see it <laughs> like, I don't see how he's helping anyone I don't yeah. see how he's inspiring anyone to become CEOs because like everything all the time is something negative. Like it's just like, mm. oh yeah. To be honest, people should be. We all have the same twenty four hours in a day as Beyonce. You know, like that Molly May famously told yeah. us. You know, I'm sure he would have Kim Kardashian on there saying, "You just need to get your ass up and work." Like I'm sure he'll just he'll have her <laughs> on there his saying next that. Guess, probably. <laughs> Literally to Matt, to having Matt Matt Hancock and Pierce Pierce Morgan adulterer. I mean, he had Piers Morgan. This is why, like, he's like literally like Piers Morgan's baby. Piers Morgan could be his dad. Mm. Piers Morgan yeah. probably like is his dad. Like, as in like his dad probably loves Piers Morgan. Yeah, yeah. Don't be surprised. Oh, just like the guy, just yeah. He yeah. he rubs me up the wrong way. I'm not a fan. <laughs> he does. Me too. Me too. <laughs> like, oh gosh. Just, yeah. Anyway. Is there anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> Should we chat about Married at First Sight? I was thinking that. I need to think of all the characters, not characters, the people's names, because I'm so bad with their names. But yeah, let's <laughs> but talk I'll be about able to, it. I'll be able to help you with the names. Yeah. Um, okay. I just want to talk about the most recent episode, yeah. The main yeah. thing that I want to talk about is that Again, I don't, some of these people, I'm kind of like, why did you apply for this show? Because you guys clearly aren't ready for marriage. What I want to just address is how Kwame, Mm. how the week before in the commitment ceremony, Kwame said, oh, we're so good. We don't need this experiment anymore. We don't even need to be here. Like we should just go home. Um, And like the next week is homestays anyway. So yeah, mm. Kwame, you you are going home next week. So yeah, okay, cool. Um, I'm not sure why you think you don't need the experiment in, anymore, but cool. 
For him, for his homestay, why is he walking Keisha around the park like a dog? Like, what the fuck is that about? Like, I'm sorry. I know, in her nice outfit and stuff. Literally. She better. And she, they're walking around the park like this is lockdown. Like, this is lockdown yeah. 1.0. Park dates. What is going on? And he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just a secretive person. That is the biggest red flag. <laughs> When you're a secretive person, you don't go on reality TV shows. Legit. Sorry. That one say. there. If you're a secretive person, you wouldn't be on a pod you wouldn't have a podcast where you and <laughs> where you film yourself doing IG lives all the time. Yeah. <laughs> True. Like, facts. I'm very confused about everything. So he either doesn't have a house, lives mm-hmm. with his mum. Mm. Lives with lots of kids or lives with his other wife. There, there's something fishy going no, on. Actually, yeah, that is true. I feel like it is given red flag. It is given like because I mean you haven't seen your kids for the past how many weeks because you've been on this you've been on this program. Mm. So like your kids clearly don't live in your house. They the yeah you know because your kids ain't been by themselves because your kids are young. Um, so yeah, this is just very confusing. And like as well, I'd very much understand like, okay, fine. Maybe you don't want you don't want to have your kids on TV. You don't want to be introducing anyone to your kids. Like, that is fine. George didn't George didn't introduce April to any of his children. So like that is fine. Yeah. But like you can but someone can see the way you live, see your house, you know, so they can get a vibe from you. Yeah. Literally. Rather than you, but you took her around the park. Like, I'm sorry. Do you even go to that park? I doubt it. And he was trying to sell it to her. He was like, oh, it's a lovely family park. I take the kids here sometimes. We go cycling. And I just feel, I don't think she cares. Like, I really, it's just a, a park with some grass. Like, I don't think yeah. she cares for a backstory that probably isn't true. <laughs> exactly. Because that guy is full of shit. Oh my God. Mm. I just can't believe that. I think that was the one, that was the only thing that I took from this week, to be honest. I wasn't really oh. paying attention to anyone else, but. <laughs> well, I, I really enjoyed uh, Zoe and Jenna's, like, um, their homestay. All I've seen so far is them go to Jenna's um, house and yeah. stuff. And it's like, they're actually really bonding. You can tell that they are becoming, like, great yeah. friends now because, like, that was something that Zoe was a bit worried about, that they're not yeah. really. And it was like, nice how Jenna yeah. was like, she made sure she'd asked one of her friends to stock up her yeah, fridge with I stuff for Zoe. I thought that was really cute. Yeah, yeah, and I thought it's like, oh, that's a really big compromise since mm-hmm. the the past how many weeks you were trying to convert her to be to being vegan straight away. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and that was like really like a non-negotiable, but now you've got bacon in your fridge. Like that is, that is quite big. <laughs> yeah, I literally thought the same because I was like, mm. I used to think, like when my mum would ask, oh, can you buy some meat at the shops or whatever? I'd say no, like I don't want to. But really just out of, it's not because I want to buy it, but it's like out of ease for the person and because you care about the person. Mm-hmm. And like Zoe has tried the vegan food and she doesn't like it. Yeah. Like if you love Zoe, you'll buy her some food so she doesn't have to sit there and eat shit like that she yeah. doesn't want to eat. So yeah, yeah exactly. it's just it's definitely like a big compromise, and I I just thought they're really sweet. Like they that you can tell they don't have loads in common, but they seem to be getting mm. on really well. Yeah. I like them. Yeah, as a they seem nice. And then it's interesting as well how they've got a bit of a dilemma about because they're talking about moving in together. They're talking about yeah, the future and where stuff. To live. 
And um, I can, to be honest, I do understand both sides. I feel like because mm. Zoe, again, is from my ends, like <laughs> she's from um, Stafford, which is basically like next to Wolverhampton. And mm. um, I do feel like she's slightly <laughs> got that that West Midlands mentality of, mm. I ain't leaving. I love it here. Where yeah. I know. I love it here. Even though there's, there's fuck all here. I love it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Um... And it and like you can tell, and because obviously they're both stubborn, but it's just like Jenna on the other hand has a, her own business. Like yeah, at the end of literally. the day, at the end of the day, um, there's construction places where you can work everywhere, and also mm. there's friendly people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you'll make new friends, you'll meet new people. Like just because you're comfortable where you work now doesn't mean that you won't be comfortable working somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in that sense, like. I feel like there there needs to be a bit of compromise, I think a bit on Zoe's part. But then at the same time, like some people, at the same time, they do live quite far apart. And it's kind of like, why did they match them together when they live so far yeah. away from each other? It's like they signed like, up for something. And now yeah. this is like, this is it's a not non-negotiable kind of, of thing to both of them. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. So in that sense, it's kind of like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you reckon you'd you'd be able to um like if you were put in this situation and someone lived like two hours away, do you reckon you'd be happy to get up and, and move and live with them? Um it depends where they live. If they live somewhere like Wolves, because Wolverhampton mm. is two hours away, fuck no. <laughs> I am not going back there. Um, <laughs> I like I would live in a city that where there's things actually happening. Like Say if um, I met someone who lived in Manchester, I would move to Manchester. I wouldn't mind. Mm. But Liverpool, the, I'm, not sure, cities, I'm not sure if I would move to Liverpool though. Hmm? Mm. But what other cities are there? Like, like say if they lived in the countryside, like that guy, I forgot his name. Um, Jonathan. Jonathan, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, the countryside would have to be the countryside, which is outside of London. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't just move to the countryside. There's no, there's no fucking way. No, I wouldn't mm. be doing it. The countryside to to go where and do what? There's nothing to do there. There's nothing. Like I will be out of my mind bored for me to just have to come home and see you every every friggin' day. I don't think so. No, like <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. I need to be able to I take d- myself somewhere. I do think to a museum or something. Life is a bit wild like up north and stuff where you're so far away from London or you're so far away from any like from major like cities with city. things going on yeah like that okay I, like I would feel a bit claustrophobic actually I can give you an example if someone told me to move to Peterborough fuck no <laughs> <laughs> fuck no so I've been to Peterborough before yeah I went to um kind of do like a little internship there I literally mm. I stayed there for five days and I drove back home like mm. <laughs> I refuse to stay like literally Peterborough is like in the middle of nowhere like you're driving driving like in the middle of nowhere and then suddenly there's a city here and then like don't get me wrong Peterborough city center is quite like nice but I don't like how the city center just plonked there and then it's country roads everywhere mm. and it's just like Ew, no. Ew. <laughs> like, no way. Oh, you could not, you could not, no, I couldn't do countryside living. No, I mm. couldn't do it. I couldn't. I'm a city girl. I'm, I am actually a city girl. Like, you can, you can take mm. me any city around the world, you know, like, I, I might live, but it has to be, I'm a big city girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, makes sense. Yeah, like, the countryside needs, literally needs to be like, 
just outside, outside of, London. of London. Like it needs to be like um what half Hertfordshire? Hertfordshire's just yeah, outside. Hertfordshire. Yeah, Hertfordshire. Yeah, it needs to be like that. Yeah, because I I feel I feel kind of the same because it's like there's so much to do in London and outside mm-hmm. of London. Mm, what am I gonna do? But I think my major thing would be that I definitely miss my parents so much. Like if it's yeah. two hours away from home from them, I miss, I, I won't be able to cope. Like oh, it'll see, be that, so I weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Like, I don't see they're, they're hardly in this country as it is anyway. So it's just like, oh. <laughs> like, yeah. But then I've lived away from home for so long anyway now. So. Yeah. Maybe mm. I'll grow to be like that. Who knows? Yeah. You'll get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get used to it after a while. <laughs> hmm. Like, I haven't been home since February. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh the last gosh. time I saw my parents was in July. I saw them in July because I went to Leeds. <laughs> to oh. see, I went to Leeds to see my gran and I met my parents there. And my dad wasn't expecting yeah. to see me. He was like, Alex, what are you doing here? And I was like, can I not come and see my grandmother on her birthday? <laughs> like, is that okay? <laughs> so yeah, last time, yeah, that was, that was, my mum comes to visit. So that was the last time I saw my dad. And then yeah. before that, I saw him in February. So I don't see my dad. Oh my god! <laughs> but, but my mum comes to visit. Like, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, was last, I saw my mum in um, September. She came for my birthday. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so my mum comes to visit. Um, But yeah, so like... But I haven't been back to Wolverhampton since Feb. Like, I literally... I got oh. my car and I dipped. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, I just but get yeah. homesick. The ugh. yeah, and it's not even because I love where I was brought up. Really, it's just you know where things are just comfortable, mm. and like you don't get like for me, I don't get the same comfortable feeling at home anywhere else. So I think yeah. as well because you were at home, and you were just used to like being at home, people being in the house seeing your parents mm. and stuff like that. I can understand why it's for you. And as well, like you weren't moving out because you were desperate, desperate, desperate to leave. It was just like, mm. oh, this was just the next stage in your life. So I can understand mm. why for you, like you just feel a bit more like, oh, you want to, like you've gone from seeing people every single day to now you're not seeing them as much. Whereas for me, it was just like, yeah. I don't need to see these people. <laughs> in a nice way, mom, if you're listening, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think she listens yeah. anymore. But yeah, because <laughs> I didn't go uni, did I either? So yeah. Like, yeah, I never got that time away. Yeah. So like, yeah. Whereas for me, it's like okay, I can Facetime my mom every other day. So like, I I pretty much face. I end up ending up talking to her most days anyway. Um, yeah. So it's not too bad. Mm. Whereas I I didn't speak to I didn't see them and I didn't didn't speak to them less when I was at uni. Because I was at mm. uni and just had people around all the time, I wasn't really talking yeah. that much. Um, so I talk to my mum more now, mm. <laughs> being in mm. London. Cute. But yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, these things, yeah. like they really, the way they match people up was just a bit like, but why did they do that? Who do you think are the least compatible out of all the couples? Least compatible, Whitney and Matt. And the most. <laughs> The fake couple. <laughs> the fake couple. Okay. That's least compatible. Oh, least compatible. I'm trying to think of all the couples. Mm. Oh, I don't know, you know, because I think all of them have some kind of cat- compatibility because it was 
Yeah, I'd say Whitney and Matt. <laughs> like that is actually who it is. Because even Matt and um, Gemma, they weren't like a mm. not compatible match. Like, but it was just because Gemma just really put him off. Yeah. Um, with like her vulgarity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which is yeah. fair. But then, which I they, think they I just... think is fair as well. They both yeah. weren't. They both weren't good at addressing it. No, together. like they were both awful at addressing it, and it's like. Both of you aren't nasty people, but you're both coming across as nasty because you just don't know how to talk to each other properly. Yeah, and then then as well, okay, can we just talk on this? So the biggest scandal in Married at First Sight, if you guys haven't been watching, um, basically so there was a couple that was matched together. Their wedding day was actually really nice, yeah? They look like they're suitably matched. They're both both got tattoos. They're both quite quirky, you know, stuff like that. And they looked really good together. And they were getting on. She had told him that she had um children and he was like, okay, cool. You know, like they were really getting on. But then um, this woman, she started talking about sex a lot and she was very excited to be having sex, very excited for the honeymoon, very excited for the night after. And that just put him off. He was just put off and you could tell. And But then he didn't actually address it to her. However, it was like, the more he didn't address it, the worse she got. <laughs> like, mm. And I feel like this woman just doesn't know how how to get male attention any other way than being vulgar, than talking, than doing this like sex talk. But then at the same time, she's doing so much that this is sexual harassment now. Mm. <laughs> so like, that is like the ins and outs of it. Yeah. But I feel like it just... <laughs> Oh gosh, I just feel like both of them were in the wrong. Both of them. Like she was being I, mad. Yes, I do agree. I do agree yeah. she was being mad. Anyway, go on, you say, you say your bit. You say what you want I just feel about. like she she was definitely more in the wrong because I feel like Matt was trying to just I feel like he addressed it okay to begin with. He was like, Look, like I, I don't find you attractive when you do when you're overly yeah. sexual, like please, like it's just something that I don't like. So I'm yeah, gonna remove myself. On. Yeah, and she just kept pushing it, and I just thought, "Stop! Like you're you're embarrassing yourself and your yeah. your children and people watching that you know. Like surely it, it's embarrassing." Um, but yeah, like he he then started to just ignore her, and then not sleep in the same bed as her, not sleep in the same room as her, and then just take breaks from her. And then his justification was like, just stuff like if it was if this was real life i'd i'd also want distance and they were on their honeymoon bearing in mind and then mm. they had the yeah. worst honeymoon and then the worst um, didn't stay together like dinner parties yeah they didn't sleep together like they haven't they haven't really connected at all never which, moved in like, with each other in the apartment no, no. just nothing and you can you can understand from her perspective why she felt so lost and like betrayed because it's like you've just got married and you're not even doing the bare minimum. You're not even enjoying yeah. your time together. Yeah, because she was he, just very but, much like, but we're married. We, like, basically, she just couldn't yeah. comprehend that she went on this program, married at first sight, got married to someone, and then her husband did not want her. She just could not yeah. comprehend it. Whereas in his eyes, he was like, okay, yeah, we got married on this program, but whatever. Like, it doesn't mean mm. anything because I don't want nothing to do with you. Like... And, but she was yeah. literally taking it seriously. But I feel like as well, kind of skipping to the to the little, when they're at that little stay thing. Mm-hmm. And to the point where people were saying to her, oh, 
do you think you'll just call it quits? And she was adamant about, no, we're married. Like, and this is like, mate, this guy has made it clear he don't want nothing to do with you. Why are you still trying? And she's still saying how she thinks she has a chance. And it was just like, girl, are you just like, what are you on? (laughs) Yeah, like sometimes you really do need to just read the situation and realize that. Like, it's not going to work. You've yeah. tried. And the He's same thing tried. with Duper as well. I feel like some people who are in this experiment, I think what they were meant to learn is when to give up. I feel yeah. like that was what... Because it was the same with um the guy... What was that guy's name? The Harry Potter guy and Jess. Oh, PJ, was it? Or something yeah, like that? Yeah, PJ. PJ and Jess... Because PJ was PJ was ready to ride it out, but Jess was very yeah, much like, <laughs> I don't like you. And he just learned, <laughs> okay, fine, leave. I'm, I'm not about to force no woman because like, obviously yeah. that don't, that ain't going to appear good. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Whereas you got Duca and Gemma, who, well, Duca, who's on this whole ride of, yes, I, I can... Um, Oh, I don't give up. I don't give up. I keep yeah, trying and I married. persevere. But it's like, I'm sorry, when it comes to, when other people are in the situation, sometimes you need to listen to them and sometimes you need to leave them alone and give up. Yeah, like, I feel yeah. like that was the lesson that he was meant to take from this experiment. Mm-hmm. And I think, and in some way, okay, obviously Duke and Whitney were an awful match, but I feel like in yeah. some way they might have been matched together for those reasons I think mm-hmm. that they saw things in some of these people and matched them with someone who was opposite to kind of challenge those people and I think yeah. what it was the challenge for Duca would have been to give up and leave her alone mm. I think that would have that should have been what it was and similar with Gemma like Gemma learn when someone is saying no mm. like consent yeah. works both ways <laughs> yeah it's true I just feel like people like Duke, I can never relate to him um, or even Jenna, uh, Gemma, Gemma, because I just think if someone's not showing me attention or showing me this the affection day. that I know I want, I just couldn't be like, oh, I've got to be patient. I've got to wait out. I'd just be like, no, like, like no. honestly, I, this is killing me. I need to go. I can't. Like Whitney <laughs> said, it's like flogging a dead horse. Yes, it yeah. is. Like, yeah. just sometimes understand and learn when to give up. Um, mm. And I think that I is I think definitely... it's a hard lesson for some people because you That's just... definitely is. Some people, they want to hang on longer. Some yeah. people, they give up at the first hurdle. Yeah. So it's definitely a hard one. So I find, this is what I find... Um, so yeah, guys who might not be watching Married at First Sight will like kind of stop with the analogies. But mm. basically, I think what I find quite interesting about watching Married at First Sight is that it definitely actually, because it's like this accelerated process and like this magnified process, you can just see little things in each couple, like with the little arguments that they're having mm. and how they're getting along and with like how some of the people's insecurities and stuff, you can you can see all of that. You can see it all magnified. And then you can kind of actually like, as a viewer watching it, you can kind of watch it and be like, hmm, okay, actually, I understand where this person is coming from, but then I can understand why they're retaliating in this way. Mm. And then also just kind of taking from that where you can actually healthily use it in your own relationships like it's and with true. how to deal with yeah. things and like so what, true. What, and even like to the point of 
hmm, maybe that's not the best way to address something. Would I kick off in mm. that way? Or would I just sit back and not say anything? Like, and just actually yeah. kind of analyze yeah. how would you deal in this, deal with something in this situation? And in all of these couples, communication is the reason why they're not getting anywhere. Like in every single yeah, one of them. It's so true. It's, yeah, it's just crazy. Like it's, it's literally all about communication, transparency, mm-hmm. honesty. Um, and yeah, like, the couples that have that more, like um, what are their names? Jordan, Shanita, and, and Jordan. Shanita, like they seem to be blossoming a lot more than mm-hmm. the others. And now you see Thomas and Adrian; they've got yeah. the conversation and the communication down they're to the T. There. Yeah, and, yeah, and, they're getting there. And, and it's also, working. I would say partially as well with Keisha. I'm not going to say and mm. I'm going to say just Keisha. Keisha yeah. knows how to be like. Hold on, don't be talking your shit to me. I'm going to tell you how it is and I'm going to tell you yeah. how I'm feeling. And you need to understand that. And like Kwame is there being going there fumbling and then trying to mm. use his wordsmith, wordsmith his way around a situation. <sighs> and Keisha's just like, cut the bullshit. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not dealing with this. And I feel like even even with their coupling up, is like yeah. that's something that Kwame. <laughs> has mm. needed to experience because no yeah. doubt he is used to just t- bullshitting his way out mm-hmm. of any situation, just talking rubbish around a subject where he's not sp- yeah. saying anything. And um, and whereas Keisha is just like direct and just be like, mm, no, I'm not taking that. Mm. And also she's really good at explaining herself and saying, hold on, in this whole situation, you're talking about you, but you have not mentioned me once. Yeah, and she's she very says good all at the things ex- you're thinking. Yeah, she... she it's very good at pulling him up and explaining that and actually like letting him know. And she's very directed in it, but then she's good at being like, I'll sit back and I'll wait for you to take that mm. information in and like, let's see a change. And like, and she's very good at kind of being patient and waiting for that mm. change as well. And I think, yeah. So the communi- communication thing on Keisha's part, I think is really good. Kwame, he, he just he... likes to talk bullshit. <laughs> He also listens to her though. He doesn't he does. actually argue back or shout or get yeah. angry. He actually listens. And I don't know if he learns anything or takes anything on board and like, yeah. puts it into action, but he is listening to her. You can yeah. see. Um, yeah, he does. Because he takes on some things. Because when she said that she likes to be surprised and he came and wrote her a poem and stuff. Yeah, which like, yeah. The poem I think was sweet for her. I was so funny when Julie was just like, that poem was bullshit. Yeah. Ju- Julie Adenigo was just like, she was there on a call with him and she's like, like Kwame, that po- that poem was shit. Like <laughs> she was not. It was only because he was trying to bang on about black love, and she was like, "That's not the black love that I want." <laughs> literally, that was so funny. That video was hilarious. But like, yeah. literally, that as well. That is not the black love. Like the black love that he's showing is the black struggle love that we're all used to seeing. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I don't want no struggle love, and he is making it look like a struggle. He is. He is. <laughs> <laughs> He thought he was doing something by saying that, like black he love. He really black thought F. that there was something the there like, with him. Mm. But I'm just like, hopefully, some some mandem can watch Kwame and realize, yeah, he's full of shit, and be like, oh, I can learn from that because I've been full of shit a lot of times too. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, like, there's yeah. so many, there's so many black men who are doing, who are really putting putting black women through struggle love. And it's just, oh, I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah, like maybe 
everyone can take a leaf out of Jordan's book. He's just carefree. He loves Shania, and he's in. Yeah, he, but he he, can't Jordan wait is also white. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> white people know how to love. <laughs> we already know they that. Do. <laughs> Maybe it's time, Alex. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> <sighs> Why not? <sighs> mm. I don't know about that one. On that note, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, should we inject it? <laughs> should we inject yeah, some sure. positive vibes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on, on that note of me not answering questions I don't want to answer. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to pressure you. <laughs> Oh gosh. Um yeah, what are you injecting <laughs> this week? Um I am injecting that whoever's listening, including myself, you deserve good things. Oh, you deserve black you deserve love. the things that you want. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that one's for you. Oh gosh. Um yeah, you deserve good things. Everyone is deserving of good, or at least I'm deserving of good things. I'm telling it to myself. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, what, what about you? I feel like this is another week of trying to be patient. <laughs> mm. But I think like what I'm in. Yeah, I'm injecting patience, but I'm also injecting like, um. No, actually, I'm also injecting celebrating good things that are coming your way and like just mm. the little things, just the little things that yeah. are good and that you are like, and even just like <laughs> highlighting the small things in your week that have made you happy or that are making you feel good and just holding on mm. to that and just having a small celebration to that. Yes. Like even if it's just like, oh, you managed to go outside and go on a walk or you know, mm. you managed to find, yeah, you've managed to find time for your working from home day to go outside and go for a walk or something, or you managed mm. to actually like cook yourself a nice dinner, or you managed to, you know, have a cup of tea, <laughs> like mm. just stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that's that's what I want to inject and just and just as well that patience of just like, you know, just sometimes waiting something out and then and yeah. then sometimes and like and then something good coming out of it. Um, yeah, yeah I need to get good at that like I honestly don't know how people practice patience without becoming <laughs> like crazy that's something I definitely need to learn yeah it's a hard one though isn't it yeah yeah <sighs> yeah well I've got another one actually something okay. that I read is that um I know it's common sense but like now that it's getting dark over here in the UK um try and get outside like in your lunch yeah. breaks and stuff because it makes such a difference because even today so I was coming back from home and my dad um dropped me kind of like back here um into London and as I was getting the tube and stuff it was like half six in the morning because my dad works very early like mm. hours and stuff and I was walking from the station to my flat and the sunrise in the morning was like so beautiful I was uh. just looking at it and I was like it's half six it's ridiculously early but like the feeling of just being outside and just looking around mm. at everything, everything's quiet. There's a 
few people walking to and from work and that. And I was just like, oh, this is actually a really nice way to start my day. And like, mm-hmm. either way, I came back indoors and just fell asleep until like eight o'clock. But it was nice to just be out and like, yeah, it just feel quite still for a while. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. always nice. I need to start walking yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, because even like walking in the winter, the um, I really enjoyed it's it so last cold. Year. Yeah, like it's nice wrapping up and going for a yeah. walk. Like yeah. it, as long and as you've got like all of your layers on. Outside. Yeah, yeah. It's it, as long as you've got your layers on and it's not like pissing down with rain. It can actually be quite nice to go mm. out for a walk when it's Definitely. cold. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it for us this week. Thank you guys for listening. We hope that you enjoyed. And yeah, you can find us at injected underscore pod on Instagram and on Twitter and on TikTok and on whatever else you want to look for us on. Um, Yeah, and I'm Alexandra. You can find me at A-L-X-N-D-R underscore N-I-C on Instagram. And I'm Deanna. (laughs) Sorry, my voice is going. (laughs) Ooh, you whore. (laughs) I'm sick. <laughs> and it's coming up to Halloween as well. <laughs> no. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway. I'm Deanna. Follow me on Instagram, D E A N N N A B underscore. Love you all. Yeah, we do love you. I love you guys too. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.